podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind and Soul Healing Conversations. wonder, will I ever meet someone to marry and have a family? Do you find that you easily meet people for dating, but you have difficulty finding the right person who wants what you do out of life? Do you find yourself staying in exclusive relationships way too long that don't lead to marriage? Valeria Tellis interviews Coach Amy, who works with marriage-minded individuals who are ready to take charge of their dating efforts and learn a system of how to meet people who share their values so they can meet the right one and have the family life they desire. Amy's story is one of perseverance. She was divorced in her mid-30s and wondered just like you do, will I ever meet someone to marry? After working with a relationship coach, she met her husband and remarried at 42. Unfortunately, they struggled with infertility until giving birth to her son at the age of 48, after exploring all her options to bring a child into her family. Coach Amy can help you to increase the opportunity for a love connection with the right one, based upon shared key relationship values to find lasting true love. She provides a way for you to remind yourself of all the wonderful attributes you have to offer to a loving relationship so you won't lose hope while you're looking for that special person. Also, to create a targeted, effective dating plan so you can finally find your true love and live life doing what you truly love. To become more self-assured so you feel attractive to others and to save precious time by learning how to evaluate a potential partner quickly and accurately so you don't spend time in a relationship going nowhere or eliminate an appropriate mate. Since 2004, Amy Schoen specializes in helping seriously searching and marriage-minded individuals create and nurture lifelong relationships and build the family lives they so desire. As a certified professional life coach, Amy combines her whole life coaching, her incredible life experiences, and her gift for visualization to help her clients, many of whom have struggled to find love. Connect with the right one to form fulfilling, committed relationships that align with their values and life goals, especially when it comes to having a family life. Her proprietary, Motivated to Marry, Dating Secrets Coaching Program enables people to discover what they truly want and need, and then guides them into finding love without changing who they are. 
Amy has helped her clients experience exceptional results through online dating and takes pride in saving them the precious time and energy it really requires to find a perfect match. Plus, Amy knows firsthand just how important it is to create a happy, lasting relationship and a satisfying family life. Realizing the importance of perseverance during the journey to a life filled with love, family, and fulfillment, Amy feels fortunate to be helping others to create their ideal lives. To read Amy's full biography, please visit fitforjoy.org forward slash podcast. Here is the interview with Amy Schoen. In your own words, who is Amy Schoen? Well, I think I'm a very heartfelt person. Um, I think I'm somebody who really cares about other people, a nurturer. I've become a coach because I love helping people. And my life purpose is to help other people move from struggle into ease. And I love the transformation that I see from my clients when I help them. Whether and, and not only my clients, I'm this way with my friends and my family and everybody I come into contact with. You know, my, I see my purpose is to help people make, get them where they want to go and make their lives a smoother path. That is wonderful. How did you find out your purpose? Well, I'm um, a coactive coach, and we have a life purpose exercise. And actually, it didn't come up the first time. So I did the exercise when I was being trained as a coach. And then I actually assisted um, with a group um, who were learning to become coaches. I had the, the benefit of having a master coach kind of work with me. I I said I was not sure, and she kind of worked through some things, and she really kind of simplified it to this point. And I'm like, aha, that's it. And so it's a real gift, actually. So that's how I, I discovered it, is there is a life purpose exercise that I do with my clients to get them clearer on their life purpose. That is interesting. Yeah, it's the method, right? You call it exercise. It is a method. There's a, it is um, a series of uh, visualizations that we take our clients through and then we debrief them and then we try to find the intersections between these um, little vignettes. And and then we construct this. Actually, there's a two-step process. It's really to say, I'm the dancer that moves people from struggle to ease. So there's a metaphor that we like to use to really lock in that visualization, to lock in that what it is um, that's our purpose. Wow. The dance. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I love dancing. So. <laughs> yeah, what a great um, thing for the body and the mind, everything, actually. It seems like dancing music, it, it brings everything that's positive out of us or expose something that needs to be exposed, which is great, too. I have a few general questions for you before I begin asking you questions about relationship coaching. What is another word for life? Well, I mean, what comes up for me is like vida, you know, life. Life is really embracing, embracing what you have, appreciating what you have, 
you know, we can get down and say we don't have this and we don't have that. And and the worst thing is to compare yourself against somebody else because you don't know what's really going on in their life and their shoes. Uh, things can look really nice on the outside, but life is really kind of, I think, taking advantage of like, I love movement, you know, and I love to be able to move. So I can move and I want to move. You know, I can speak and I want to speak. I can sing and I want to sing. You know, I can hear. Thank God I can hear and I want to listen. You know, uh, so you really utilizing all your senses and really um, making the most of what we're given. I love that, Amy. I'm wondering how can we dance with this, uh, these two elements that being grateful for what we have and the desire to change, to have a better life, to dream. How can we balance those two? Right. Because, I mean, it's interesting when you read about the people who've succeeded and they said they had a dream. And, and I was reading something recently, uh, one of the, the moguls who's done well, you know, and he, and he he says, you know, to really go after your dreams. And and we stop ourselves. I know I always kind of work through those struggles and those, those why can't I, you know, or why don't I, or I can't. So, yeah, so to be grateful is fine, but it's, I think it's, I think they can coexist. I think, you know, to, to live a grateful life and then also say, you know, I really see a need or I want to help here or I want to do this or some people have to kind of go with what, where their heart is and where the mind is going. My Actually, my company name is Heart Mind Connection. And that's because I feel like you do need to have a connection between the brain and the heart. Um, and that's when, when there's a good balance between that. That's when things work. So I think they can coexist. I think you have to start from, you know, if you're an unhappy person. So some people are motivated by, by unhappiness. And other people are motivated by purpose and inspiration. So it really depends on what. Right. It makes so much sense. Um, yeah, we can be grateful um, and also work toward change at the same time. What does the word freedom mean to you? You know, it's interesting as a coach, I do a lot of values clarifications and I really kind of work around that and it comes up a lot with my clients. So freedom is one of those words that can be morphed into so many different directions. For me, freedom is the ability to work and do the work that I want to do and the way I want to do it when I want to do it. It's not having to be free from individuals. I mean, I have a family, I'm married, and I have a child. And I always feel like sometimes I wish I could just get up and do what I want to do. But you know, I, I have responsibilities. Freedom is financial freedom, you know, to be able to have enough money so you don't have to worry. So some people put the freedom around finances. Freedom, free activity, you know, to be able to move and be active and, and to be able to, I love to ski and I dance and I have biked and I've had some physical setbacks. So that to me is, you know, to be able to move is freedom. I love the way you simplify. Yeah, you're just finding like this uh, deep meaning in um but it's small things. They, they look small, but they're huge, actually. Life, uh, you said, being grateful for life, just to, to be alive. And also freedom, meaning even the ability to move. Because I've been flat on my back 
I've not been able to move. So to me, that's the opposite of freedom. So in a way, this is how important it is to go through challenges in life, to face challenges so we know what it's like. And we can appreciate life more and also teach others to appreciate what they have more. What is your greatest joy? Well, my greatest joy is, is actually, um, and he's also one of my greatest challenges, is my son. Yeah, I had him at 48. He was a, a project. It took me five years for me to find a way to have my child. I can't speak to the details, but we, we had to use technology to actually have a child kind of grow in my body and to birth a child and to see him grow and develop. And this, this child is now almost 12 and he's taller than me and he talks <laughs> back to me. Um, you know, I, mean, I, I laugh, you know, he thinks he's making my life miserable. And, and yet I sit there and say, isn't this amazing? <laughs> I love how, yeah, it's not just positive. You have a lot of wisdom. That's what it is. To say something like that, <laughs> facing challenges, and then you say, how amazing is this? You ask a question instead. What is the world's greatest need, in your opinion? I think for us to really care about each other and love each other and get beyond our differences. And um, right now, the world is very divisive. And there are forces trying to divide us up and for us to hate each other. And that's, I mean, I live in America. I mean, this podcast may be going beyond America. I was an exchange student. I lived abroad with a, a Danish family. I've traveled the world. I've not traveled a, more, a lot. I mean, I'd love to travel more. However, you know, I embrace people wherever I meet them. And, and there's such wonderful people wherever you go. I've had the, the luck to have a Yugoslavia exchange student live in my house. Uh, the woman who helped me ta raise, you know, helped me with my son. She was from um, Uruguay. I mean, we there's no reason to have fear and there's no reason to hate. So the world needs a little bit more kindness. Um, yeah, love and kindness. I have two questions for you in that. What is your definition of love? What is love? <laughs> Um, I glanced a little bit on your, your website. Um, <laughs> right, so you know I ask these questions. Love, love, you know, there's this self-love. There's a really like embracing who you are and accepting who you are. And then there's loving another person, whether it could be your best friend or your parent, you know, a parent or a child. or You know, love is, is, is going beyond yourself sometimes. I mean, you look at the who who has loved, who has really given of themselves in this world and, and has kind of um, sacrificed um, themselves. I think it's really hard, I mean, to be that courageous. We need to take care of our families. So there's loving my child, no matter what he says to me. <laughs> there's loving my husband on days when, you know, I mean, there are times when you don't feel that you're being um, loved the way you want to be loved because the demands of life are pulling at you. And so there's kind of, you know, there's different kinds of love. There's the love of a parent. Um, I still have a mother and I care deeply for her. We are like oil and water sometimes and we butt heads. And, and yet I know she cares about me, would do anything for me. Yeah, so being able to see through the challenges, yeah, see the love and feel the love beyond difficulties, 
and conflicts. Exactly. And love is expressed in different ways. And if you're knowledgeable about about the love languages, you know, different ways. And we we need love to be expressed in a way that makes us feel loved. And a lot of times I think divorce happens. And I know I'm I'm in my second marriage. So my first marriage, I think, occurred because I was not really speaking his love languages. He didn't feel loved and he kind of drifted away. I was busy doing my own thing and, and didn't see it. And it was too late when when I eventually it happened. So, so to really understand how people feel loved and to try and express love in a way um, that's going to be meaningful for them. And um, some people need to express and hear it. Some people need to show by acts of service. Some people, and this is Gary Chapman's work. So, uh, you know, the five love languages. So what is love? Love is different things to different people and different people have different expectations. So it's a very difficult question to answer. Yeah, I like that, Amy. So we have different ways of giving and receiving love. It makes sense to me. So I guess the question that comes to mind is about self-love. Do you believe that we can only love others if we love ourselves first? Yes and no. I think it's a healthier love if you love yourself first. Because then you're not going to somebody because you're asking of them and you're feeling depleted and you're feeling like something needs to be filled in. The yes is, I think, you know, again, they somebody who is doesn't have that self-love thinks they're loving and giving their love. They're giving their attention. They're giving their time. So in their mind, they think they're loving, you know, so so yes, it is love. You know, it's better when you feel more self-confident and you feel more grounded on who you are and what do you have to offer to a relationship. And then you can determine whether or not this is going to work or not. And you're going to get your needs met. So sometimes it's an unbalanced situation where somebody is giving and giving to a relationship and they are not really getting back. Interesting. I think it's the first time I hear the answer yes and no for the, the self-love. <laughs> it depends. That, that's the first time. <laughs> that's usually my answer. <laughs> wow. You made me think now about these uh, perspectives. Do you believe in God? I believe in a higher power. Uh, I'm Jewish, and um, I've been raised in the Jewish faith. And um, so I do believe there's a God and a higher power. I think that everybody has to, you know, I'm kind of one of these, let whatever you believe is fine for me. I mean, we all have, it's a very personal thing and a self thing. You know, of course, we're always challenged in that belief, you know, when especially in, in difficult times. But I have to say I've been very fortunate. You know, I seem to always bounce back. I think, you know, having faith in God gives us a little strength, a sense of community. I agree. Do you see a difference between spirituality and religion? Yeah, I think spirituality is a personal thing. And, you know, believing in a higher power and a God. And, I, you know, I have this conversation a lot with my clients because everybody's different. Religion is how you practice it. You know, are you going to a church or a synagogue or a mosque or something else? How are you practicing your religion if you want to be practicing it? It's a personal decision. And I know some people say, I am spiritual. I'm not, not religious. 
and I have other people say I'm very religious and I know that they belong to a community and they go and they show up and, and, and they really um, embrace their community and they get a lot more out of the practice because it is done. You know, we know like anything with accountability and regularity, it just solidifies and deepens our understanding. So in a way, either way, like you said earlier, faith, it's important or it's important to believe in something. It doesn't matter if it's spiritual, religion. And there's no judgment. Yeah. I mean, if somebody's agnostic, you know, that's their choice. So, you know, again, I'm a live and let live kind of person. Right, right. And I actually like even better what you said earlier about separation. So whatever we believe in, if that's not causing separation, creating that state uh, idea of separation, then it's, it's okay. Let me change the subject to going back to the subject of relationship um, coaching. Talk to me about critical relationship values. What are they? Those are your values that are really important to be in relationship with someone. So when I work with my clients, one of the first things I do is called the values clarification exercise, where I ask them a series of questions and we pull out their values. It could be what's fulfilling for you. Okay. And then they may talk about something that's fulfilling. And then we, we really figure out what the value is for that person um, let's say an example is to be passionate in their work. Okay. That's a work value. Now you may not have to share that with your husband. What you do need is that person respect it and, and appreciate you for it and, and support you in that. Right. However, there are values that you're going to pull out. And a lot of them, when you go to the, like, what drives you crazy question, you know, a lot of things like rude people drive me crazy, right? You know, or um, people who are late or whatever. Those tend to be people values and they tend to be relationship values. And, and those are the ones we need to focus on because those are the ones you need to have in common with the person, especially if you're looking for a, a partner and a mate. So in the work I do, I help people who are seriously searching for love to find their true love partners. That's one of the things I try to do is to really have them look at. And what I find is when people are looking at the wrong things sometimes. And so one of my values is a work value. I call myself an independent, creative and entrepreneur. You may be one. And it's like I like to do my my books and my courses. And I had a podcast at one time. So, you know, creative and creative create things out of nothing, right? And but my husband is nothing like a creative independent. <laughs> so but he supports me in it. And he I think he appreciates me for it. And he does respect me. for it. So I mean, he's like, I don't know how you do what you do, because I could do it. That's what we need from our partners is, is that piece. But if you look at your friends, you will probably see that you share a lot of the same relationship values as well. So there is, you know, I've kind of delineated between the personal values and the relationship values. And that seems to be helping my clients really hone in and focus on those people who they can recognize people as being the right one sooner than later. I have um, actually a phrase uh, that you wrote here. But before that, let me ask you a question that came to mind. Uh, what is the difference between values and beliefs? Are they the same in a way? 
Hmm, that's a tough one. That's semantics. Beliefs are what you believe to be true. And values are the things that we walk around and we are matter most to us. You know, what really, for instance, reciprocal relationships are very important for me. And if I'm going to be friends with someone, I want to see that if I put the effort out, they're going to put an effort back. Or if I put effort into any relationship I want to, you know, so that's a really important value. Okay. My belief, well, I believe people should be reciprocal. <laughs> oh, should, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My belief is, yeah, is it should be like people can't always be reciprocal, right? You know, a lot of times it depends on the circumstances. So, you know, I do try to look beyond things, but, and I do give people the benefit of the doubt. But if things start happening over and over again, then, then I see a path. And then I'm like, have to make a decision. A belief. A belief can be true or not. I think a value is true for you. And a belief is something that may or may not be holding you back. I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. And I really would have to think more on that one. Yeah, it seems to me like they come together. They might be it might be the same thing because we act upon our beliefs. So it might be similar. So peace, you wrote I help clients to feel at peace with their life choices so they will have no regrets about how they are spending their time, energy, and resources to achieve their life goals. So I have three questions. The first one is, what is the definition of peace? How is peace different from calm? And how do you help others to feel peaceful? Well, when people learn my process, they have something to check in with, with themselves. And so a lot of times we second guess ourselves. Uh, One of the coaching classes I took was on assumptions. And as people, we are wrong over, we make assumptions about a lot of things. And I know I have, and we're wrong over 50% of the time. (laughs) So Wow, that much? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So we have to check in with our assumptions. Okay, that's the first thing. So how do we feel? So so the the question was, I should write this down. Oh, um, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I should ask one at a that's time. Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> the piece, the piece. Right. So, so the process is, you know, I help them really like set boundaries for themselves and know what's going to work and what's not going to work for them. And I also help them feel like not everyone's going to be the right person. And it's okay if it doesn't work out because there's a reason. And the reason can be timing's wrong, right person, or it can be the wrong person and it's never going to be right. And so when you go through the values and my must-haves and and some of the other things I do with my clients, they're able to really get a good picture. Is this going to be someone who's going to fit in my life? Is this someone who wants, you know, what I want and is going to go in the same direction and 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 is going to honor what's important for me. There's kind of like this instantaneous, like it's amazing, but my clients connect within three to six days with their life partners. And and this has like been happening time and time again. I get the conversation like I met this person, she's great. Or I met this guy and he's wonderful. Like I'm not quite ready, you know, I'm pinching myself to see if this is really real. And then, you know, it just, because they're so aligned, it just flows into the right direction. It's amazing to see. And 
many of the clients, unless they have external issues that they need to work out. And, and so there are things that do affect a relationship that's external. Many of my clients say, you know, I'm good. I I don't need coaching anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, unless they really like the life coaching. And, and I do have some clients who are in some, you know, what I call almost not quite relationships and we're not sure the direction. And so, you know, we are, I'm still working with them to help them get to that level now, not all my clients are motivated to marry. Some are looking for committed, healthy relationships. And I have a lot of clients who are baby boomers who are, you know, they're not marrying or marrying that quickly. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's one of my questions later on. Yeah, I like the way you go back to self-knowledge. It's It seems like we need to know ourselves, our values first in order to find that person that we are looking for. Our goals are number one, because if you're going in different directions, if you want different things, like I was dating in my late 30s, early 40s, and I wanted to get married and have a family. Well, I met guys who had families already, and they didn't want any more children. And the, the man I met before I met my husband, we dated for three months, and I found out he didn't want any more children. And I had to make a tough decision. The goals, and I've seen that with my clients, I've seen it with some of my friends, that their goals were not aligned and the relationships didn't last. Oh, wow. Also, that perhaps goals, they are connected to uh, values pretty much, very much, right, Emmy? Well, a goal you want to, so if, if having a family is important and being a mother is one of your, you know, and you, you have a value around Maybe, maybe, yeah, they are, can be connected. But I think a goal is, you know, we set goals as, you know, especially Americans, you know, we're taught to like set goals. And like, I was very motivated to marry and have a family, you know, that was like my goal. And I was working towards that end. And of course, I wanted to meet a man who shared that, who wanted also a family. And so maybe valued having a family. So, yes, they are related and also shared my my key relationship values. So I felt like the relationship would last, you know, um, that it would be given the best chance of success. True. Do they change the values that you had uh, 10 years ago? Uh, Did they change throughout the years? You know, I think values can and morph a little bit. I think what was important, I think it was we grow and we develop, we may kind of lose a value and gain a value. But I really do think our values are pretty constant. I mean, if I look at my values, and I have my values done over 15 years ago, most of them still hold true. So yeah, they don't change that much. Um, probably uh, what is the word you use, key values, core values don't change. Yeah, I mean, I think there are things and I, you know, we're not always living our values fully. So like I have a value about being organized and on top of things. And and I would say that that value is not being lived lived as fully as I really would love it to be, you know, because life is so crazy, you know, and, you know, with a child and, and, you know, business and everything like that. Oh, yes. What is the difference between life choices and life decisions? I think that both, I think they're, they're related because you are choosing when you make a choice, 
um, you're making a choice and then it moves you in a direction and you're making a decision to move in that direction. So I believe that that's kind of related. Yeah, it might be one thing. When you say having no regrets, does it mean accepting what happened, how it happened? Well, I think that's kind of a phrase we use that you don't want to look back and be regretful that you didn't do something that you may wish you have done or um, that you kind of say, I lived a life, well lived life and I did what I wanted to do mostly and, and gave it my best and did it, gave it my all. Given, given my talents and skills now, you know, everybody is, is got different skill sets and some people are come from families that have more money than other families. So, you know, I mean, in America, we say if you put your mind to it, you can achieve. Yet we do know that those people who have been given better opportunities and been going to better schools do have better, better long term like job opportunities and, and things like that. So, you know, making the most of what you have. Um, yeah, I love that idea of living the life we're supposed to be living, that we believe we deserve. So we have no regrets, right? Living it now. So I have a few questions about the uh, the quiz, the quiz that you have on your website. Um, are you ready to meet your maid quiz? So I have a few questions here. What are the dating to relationship stages? You know. Now, there are different stages that you have to go through before, you know, you're ready to put yourself out there. And some people are coming out of other relationships or you're, um, you know, leave, you know, been divorced or you've been widowed or something like that. So there are these stages that you have to go through. And so I've kind of broken it, you know, down on my quiz, um, you know, on my um, are you ready to meet your mate? quiz. Right. Do you want to reveal some of them, maybe two stages or? Um, sure, sure. I'm like in my mind, <laughs> is this trying to remember? Um, I didn't pull it up. You know, I haven't looked at it recently. Well, a stage is that you're, you're ready to put yourself out there that you are, you know, you have that self knowledge and you've done the work and, and that you are really trying to, to meet somebody. And, uh, you know, put yourself out there and you're you're trying, you know, I create something called a dating plan for my clients that incorporates both online and face to face opportunities based on someone's personality, values, interests and passion. And um, so that's one stage. The other stage is when you're out there and you're actually dating you know, and, and, and trying to evaluate people as being the one. And then another stage would be um, when you decide, okay, I really like this person. I'm going to give it a chance and see where it goes. Yeah. Wow. You know, I've thought about two things here. One is, is there such a thing as love at first sight? Just loving somebody immediately and making that decision? Have you been on my Facebook page? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole discussion going on about that. Some people do think so. I think it really depends on 
and your personality. Um, there are people who are jump in. There are different kinds of personalities out there. I'm not going to go into <laughs> that whole analysis. But there are people who love like, oh, you're cute. I like you. I, and they jump right in, you know, and then they got to figure out whether it's going to work or not. And then there are people who are a little bit more reserved and they're like, OK, uh, I don't know you and I need to get to know you. And uh, let, let's take some time to get to know each other. So they may like somebody, but they're going to hold reservation until they like get more information. So I think a lot depends on the personality of the person. So there are people out there and there's a lot of people who are saying, you know, yes, love at first sight. And I've seen it with my friends. I've seen it with some of my clients. Um, I think men are very visual and they know what they like. And so they tend to go after what they like visually first and hopefully the person and and you know like I do a lot around online dating so you know the pictures and things like that so they do read the profiles to make sure that that person is matches up to what their expectations are so it is the head and heart thing <laughs> yeah I like that there's a I think a song so many songs written about that that everyone deserves or needs somebody to love it's do you think that this is really the case that everyone needs Somebody to love or to be loved? Well, I'm kind of one of those romantics that, like, if you want to be, not everyone is meant to be in relationship or has the desire. And so not everyone's motivated to connect, let's just say. Um, but for those who are, and I had a gentleman that, I mean, this was a rare case. As a man I met in his 40s, he started coaching with me. And he really wanted to be married. And at first he wanted to marry and have a family. And I coached him. And then I, he kind of stopped coaching. And then he came back to me. And in the end, we worked together. And he finally met his wife. But he was in his mid-50s. At that time, he met a single mom who had practically grown daughters. And you know what? He decided that that was good. He was happy with that. And she's ideal for him. He, she appreciates him. And you know what? There is a lid for every pot, as, as the Jewish saying is. And, and he didn't give up. You know, he, and he came back and we, we still continue. You know, we coached and I sent him to other people and I said, do this and do that. You know, and then he came back. You know, <laughs> and I was, most of my clients are with me a year to two years max, you know. Um, but that was rare, but, but that's an example where if you want it and you really, you know, that's a goal of yours, you can have it. How is wanting to find true love different from being truly ready to find that special person? This is one of your questions. So you can want to find that person. And I've seen people like, I want to meet somebody, but I don't feel that they're ready to meet someone and you need space in your life for somebody to come into your life. So um, there are many examples of that and, and you're too busy, you're working, um, you're taking, you know, care of everybody else. Um, uh, you've got a health issue. Maybe, maybe you really don't have time to, so somebody wants your time and attention and you have to be 
open and ready to give that person your time and your attention and your space in your life. And as a life coach, and that's what I am first, I look at what somebody has in their life and, 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 you know, how does dating fit into their whole life? And sometimes we need to rebalance. I mean, I had a young woman who came to me, actually, she was in her late 30s. Her job was really demanding and toxic. She, she dropped out of the coaching. Three years later, she comes back to me, kid you not. And then she was ready. And she said, you know, I wished I could have helped her as a life coach, but she did it on her own. And and she she says, now I'm ready. I, I got out of that job situation. I'm in a much better place. I feel better. I have, took care of my health. I, I, you know, did yoga, you know, whatever she did to help herself. And she says, now I'm ready. And we worked together and she did meet her husband. Um, so you have to be, re- you know, you have to put the time and the energy into it. So, so there are things and steps that I try to take my clients to see whether or not they're truly ready for a relationship. And I love how you, or you look for the big picture. It's not just one department in our lives, but you, you look at everything. And, and a lot of people who are in this field are not really looking at the big picture. And that's what needs really sometimes the adjustment. I, I like to call myself a chiropractor for somebody's life. It's like I go to one, they adjust my back. You know, it just a couple of little tweaks makes a big difference. You know, yeah, most of my clients are really cool, cool together people. <laughs> what are the signs that we can trust when it comes to uh, true love? How do we know? There's, well, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I always think back to now the Frozen. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Frozen right. movie. Yeah, yeah, when he bamboozled <laughs> her. You know, we have to be careful, right? Oh, there's a flow. And, you know, I, I think, you know, you do have to spend time with people to really get to know them. And, you know, people can present themselves one way. Yes. Um, so, I mean, yes, love at first sight, but that's, if you're, I think you have to be a little older, a little bit more wiser, a little bit know yourself and be a little smart to see through things because I kind of was bamboozled through my first marriage. Okay. I mean, he was really good at that. So, so we don't want to have happened what happened to, um, uh, whatever her name is. Anyway, Elsie, right. <laughs> uh, I think was the, I don't know if that was the sister or the, or the whatever. So yeah, you, you have to really, um, there's a flow. Um, I know of my husband, we just, it's not hard. It shouldn't be hard. You kind of finish each other's sentences. You feel like that person gets you, they have your back. And um, you just really enjoy being with that person and spending time with them. I mean, one of my male clients recently met someone and he's just, he goes, I just smile. I'm just so happy and I really look forward to seeing her. That sounds like a good sign. Yeah, looking forward to spending time with somebody. Yeah. How long do you think we should wait before marrying someone? Is there a time frame that's appropriate? Well, I do have time frames in my course. However, it depends on your age and your stage of life. You know, the whole motivated to marry thing is based upon, I mean, I was 41 when my hus- I met my husband and we were engaged within six months and married within the year. 
And so I was married at 42. Okay, but yet we wanted to have a family. So there was a whole bunch of us who were like in our late 30s, early 40s, who were motivated to have a motivated to marry and have a family. However, with my younger clients, I had a woman, she was 34 and she met this guy and and it went really well. And she just coached with me for like six months. And then she says, I'm good. And I'm like, good. And then he was on my email list and she was on my email list. And then he took his name, he took his name off my email list and it was a year later. Okay. And I, of course, contacted my client. I said, so do you have something to tell me? And she said, yes, I just got engaged. So, you know, I would love people to hang out, you know, like if you're like early 30s, if you could be together at least a year or two, you know, just to go through the seasons and get to know each other and spend time with it, you know, that, you know, my nephew got married at 33 and they were together for two years and I gave him my blessing, you know, (laughs) Yeah. And and then, you know, I have I have clients in their 60s and they've been together for four years and they never married, you know. So so, you know, and that's their choice and their reasons for that. Um, And then I so it really depends. Once the kid thing is out of the picture, it really is up to each individual. What's the right timing? Do you recommend or do you advise living together before marriage? Oh, not really. Um, I think it's a personal decision. I think today people want to know what they're getting themselves into, and it may be a good idea. But I think it's living together with a plan. Ah, with a plan, right. Yeah, like you're not going to be doing this indefinitely. If you are motivated to marry, if that's your end goal, if you don't care, I mean, the, the, the hardship is like I got this this one woman come to me, and she was in her late 40s and she said I I live with this guy and he was divorced with kids and the dog and you know and she was with him for four or five years and and it didn't work out and then she's left with nothing you know and I just it's just heartbreaking to me so I think you have to really kind of set some boundaries for yourself and 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 know what you really want I like that. Yeah, just being going back to self-knowledge, knowing your values, like you said, and, and just being trust in that and being. And, and marriage is not for everybody. I mean, I have people in my family who've never been married. I mean, I have a nephew. They've been together for over 20 years and, and they've been never married. And, and you know what? They're happy. And they, they've set up a life. They live together. They have a house together. I mean, and they have a common law marriage, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, for one reason or another, they just have never gotten that piece of paper. Talk to me about online dating. Do you recommend that? Um, and what is a good online dating strategy? Well, I do recommend it because over 80% of my successfully coupled clients met through online dating. Wow. <laughs> so so you think I'm, uh, but, they, but they've gone through my process. So again, taking them through the values work, you know, getting clear about what they need to have in a relationship to be happy, being really intentional about their goals. And also, um, you know, I believe what you put out is what you attract. So um, what I do for my clients is I edit their profiles. I don't write their profiles for them unless they are really not good writers because I want it to come from their voice. 
And I'm really good at helping them see things and put things in that I say, you know, this is a really important thing about your, you know, you volunteer for this organization. Someone's going to really appreciate that about you. And one of my clients volunteered for like a, 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 a charity and he was very involved because his mother passed away from this disease. And and this woman recognized this about him and they connected and now they're together and and they're very happy together. So so again, I really believe, you know, of course you will need to put decent pictures out and, and current pictures. You don't want any surprises, just you know, treat people how you want to be treated. You know, my belief is if somebody's got an issue with it, then let them move on. You know, the right person will will appreciate, you know, you and want to get to know you. Do you think that today online dating is actually more popular than offline dating? Well, 30% of all marriages come from uh, or connections come from online dating. So the top three ways to meet people are through other people, through your friends and connections, that's still important, um, through what your activities and what you do and how you spend your time, and then online dating. So um, I try to maximize, I try to cover all points with my clients. And a, a large percentage do meet through online dating. Um, I tend to work with some lot of an, introverted people. Um, some extroverts, you know, the extroverts like myself, I worked with a coach when I was turned 40 because I was running around in circles and nothing was working for me. And I liked, I'm very, you know, I said, case, what am I doing that's not working? So, so, but the extroverted people don't have problems going out and meeting people. We have problems recognizing the right people. <laughs> and I almost miss my husband, actually. So. Yeah, so if it wasn't for my coach, I don't think I would be married to my husband. Yeah, how interesting. I have a few more questions for you, Amy, about relationship before we begin asking my uh, final, final questions, the last section. Do you think that men are more afraid of marriage than women? No, not necessarily. I think it a lot depends on your past experiences and what's happened in your life and if you've been divorced um, and how you've been divorced. And so um, I think, you know, people are, um, especially if you've gone through a divorce, um, you know, you have to heal that, those wounds and, and you have to really kind of figure out what you need and then um, be ready to move forward. So some people go through that process fairly quickly and some people take a long time. And um, I had a friend who was divorced the same time I was, and this was in the mid 90s, and he just got married recently. And I've been married for 18 years now. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, it's like, what took you so long? But it took him so long. He had a daughter he was raising. And a lot of people don't date until the kids go off to college. What are the three main components for lasting love or lasting relationship? I think respect is one. You really have to respect somebody and show respect every day. I think appreciation, to express appreciation is really important. So that person thinks that that you, just the littlest things they do, you know, thank you for picking up dinner. I really appreciate it. It really helped me out. I mean, it may seem silly. It's like, well, yeah, you know, but but they didn't have to. I think when we don't feel appreciated, you know, we, we start kind of, 
I think, you know, it goes back to what your shared values are. You know, um, those things are really the glue that connect us. And and our values connect us to each other. So I would have to think hard on that. I, nothing is coming up very quickly for me. Respect, appreciation. Is there another component that you think of that's critical? Well, it, it's really broad and, and there's a lot to, to learn. And I blog profusely on my website. So check out motivatedtomarry.com. Relationships take work and relationships take effort. And, you know, when you do the work, it's joyous work and you will benefit from it. And I know how I have benefited from it in this process. And I just, you know, um, appreciate being able to share it with those who are open to learning more about how to be better in relationships. Um, is there anything you'd like to add? That I'm not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I, you know, I, I disappoint people sometimes, and I don't like to disappoint people, but I, I can only do what I can do. Given the environment right now, <laughs> um, there's not much I could do right now to change my life. No, I, I think it's just preparing, preparing my loved ones so that they're, they're not going to be um, impacted. Do you believe in life after death? I hope so. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, it's a hope. What are three things about life you know for sure as of now, Amy? The people that are in my life that I love are here today. I think the internet's here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny that you said that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's cute. Um, can you please give us that information again? Where can we find more information about you, your books? So motivatedtomarry.com is my main website. I have a Facebook group, Motivated to Marry Singles. But if you get on my email list, I send out a weekly newsletter and I have blog posts and things like that. And I still have podcasts out there, um, Motivated to Marry podcasts. And it's not current, but great information. And uh, the, the, the quiz, if you want to take the quiz, it's at mtmquiz.com. So hopefully you'll put it on, on my little bio area. Yes, I'll so, have the link there. Yeah, definitely. Have the link there so they can find it. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much yeah, for the great conversation, your presence. <laughs> it has been fun. Yes, Thank thanks. You, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon, Amy. Okay. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Amy Schoen, please visit her website, motivatedtomary.com. And to take the free quiz, Are You Ready to Meet Your Mate? Please visit mtmquiz.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aiden Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.